time again for Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard podcast. I am Dr. Jacques de Bruckert, a psychologist, licensed professional counselor, and addiction specialist. If you are suffering from addiction, misery, trauma, whatever it is, I'm here to help. If you're in search of help to try to get your life back together, join me here at Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. to be real clear about what this podcast is intended for. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes, but not considered help. If you actually need real help and you're in need of help, please seek that out. If you're in dire need of help, you can go to your nearest emergency room or you can check into a rehab center or call a counselor like me and talk about your problems and work through them. But don't rely on a podcast to be that form of help. It's not. It's just a podcast. It's for entertainment and information only. So let's keep it in that light, all right? Have a good time, learn something, and then get the real help that you need from a professional. So we're going to talk about the D word today, dependence, the D word. If we looked at dependence, there's, there's different ways that we can look at dependence. And for recovery, a lot of times what happens is people talk about codependency. I'm not going to talk about codependency. I'm going to talk about dependency. And that is the need to uh, uh, rely on others for support. But when I talk about dependence and recovery, usually people go towards the idea of money, housing, um, food, phone, car, insurance, things like that, financial things. I want to talk about something else that includes many more things than that because I think dependency is a different thing. The professional dependent, that's, that's, where, I, that's where we are today. The, de- the professional dependent. The person who is in uh, the throes of addiction, or maybe they're even like trying to get into recovery, or maybe they are recovered. But they are the professional dependent because what they're doing is they're sucking the life out of other people in an attempt to either continue their addiction or, in the case of what I wanted to go over today, in their recovery. So it would help if we actually had a definition of what a dependent is or what dependency is. So what does dependency mean when it applies to a person? Personal dependency is the tendency to seek support, security, reassurance, and guidance from outside the self. That's a definition from encyclopedia.com. Let me read that again. Personal dependency is the tendency to seek support, security, reassurance, and guidance from outside the self. So if you're trying to get support, security, reassurance, and guidance, that would seem like it could be positives, right? I'm going to seek someone else's guidance before I make a decision about this important matter or I want to consult with somebody, or I want to, I want to know it's the right thing. So like females, they'll, they're consensus builders, right? So they want reassurance from their friends that they're dating the right guy, or that they're doing the right thing, or should they buy that purse? Does it match their shoes? Does this outfit look right on me? 
You know, it's the, do these pants make my butt look big? Um, they want the reassurance. So you could say that uh, perhaps the word guidance or reassurance or security, even support, could be a positive. But see, what the professional dependent does is they exploit that. They take advantage of that. And so they go to others and they're constantly seeking support, guidance, and whatever, like the definition says, outside the self, meaning that they don't learn how to do those things independently. So if you are the professional dependent and you are getting money and housing and food and protection from someone else that you should be providing for yourself, you are a professional dependent. Now, let's be very clear. Somebody's in recovery, all right? They're working towards recovery. They got an addiction issue. They went to, let's say they went to rehab. They get out of rehab and they get out. They, they have to depend on others because they have, they have tossed away every bit of their life, perhaps, or pieces of their life that are essential components that will help them get to sobriety. So they can't, maybe they're not employed or maybe they're underemployed. Maybe they've got medical conditions that have to be treated. Whatever. Okay. You are dependent on others with that. That's why we put you in sober living housing because you can't be by yourself. In this country, and I know I have other people that people that live, listen in other countries, the United States is in a weird place. We don't care for our mentally ill. We don't care for our addicted. We treat them as if they have some issues and they have to be dealt with, but we don't give them the, the provide for them automatically the care for those things. People in Europe, they do. People in actually every other country, and I've heard this from uh, some of my colleagues who are, are not in this country. I've had this discussion. It's like, why do you not treat your mentally ill people? Or why do you not treat your addicts? It doesn't make any sense. Because we value freedom here. And your freedom is more important than, I guess, your life. So we have, a, a, what, 160 or 170,000 homeless people in California that we've counted. That is outrageous. Those people should be put in institutional care so that they can learn how to be clean and sober and we can get their mental health conditions stabilized and then release them back into the wild to survive. That's what they do in England. That's what they do in Germany. That's what they do in France. I don't understand why we don't do that here. But enough of that rant. So let's get back to the topic at hand. The professional dependent. If you're an addict, you probably have gotten to a point uh, sometime in your life, or maybe you currently are, where you can't, you can't take care of yourself anymore. And so you manipulate those around you. And it can be emotional support. It can be financial support. It can be medical support. It can be any kind of support, right? It doesn't have to be just financial. Um, but you're depending on others and you're abusing that privilege because it actually doesn't have an end. There is no end to it. That's like a professional golfer or a professional banker or a professional stockbroker or a professional race car driver or a professional plumber. They are people that this is what they do to make a living. The professional dependent, they make a living by being a dependent. And it's a trap. And it's a skill that's learned over time by you, the addict. So if you are a professional dependent, you are getting things that you should be able to create 
yourself, but you're getting it from other people. Now, again, those in other countries, I, I interact with people from other countries, so I know some of what we do here leaks out to the rest of the world. Entitlement is a big issue in this country. Young people in particular, they feel entitled to things. So they don't, they don't go get them. They stick their hands out and they want us to put it in their hands. But that's not how the world works. The world works with you go learn how to survive and live and then you go do it and be happy. Do whatever it is that makes you happy. Do what you like. Find an interest and go make a living doing it or, or, or something along those lines. Before anybody criticizes and I get the, the emails, I'm not talking about somebody who has mental illness and they're schizophrenic or whatever and it's hard for them and they've got low IQ or they've got Down syndrome or something else. They've had a stroke and they can't. I, I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about drug and alcohol addicts who are doing this to themselves, right? The professional dependent, the ones I get in here, are the ones that have manipulated emotionally those around them. And that emotional manipulation is the strongest tool that they have. So you who are professional dependents, you are using emotional uh, manipulation of the people around you. If you create a situation where if you don't give me money, disaster will happen. If you don't give me housing, I will be frozen to death. And it is wrong because it's not actually a job. That's not a job. I'm sorry. It is a skill, but it's one that is not a job. It's not healthy for you, and it's not going to help you in the long run. I know people who I have treated and worked with families who have somebody in their family who is in their 50s, 60s, sometimes in their 70s, who are being supported first by the parents until the parents are deceased, and then the siblings of that individual take up the cause because they don't know what to do. The professional dependent manipulates people around them with the following dialogue. It's the following uh, theme. If you don't help me, very bad things will happen to me. Well, the reality is, if they don't get what they need, bad things happen. Well, guess what? That's what everybody lives with. If I don't, if I don't go to work, I don't get any money, I'm not going to be able to sustain myself. If I don't go to work and I don't make any money, I can't sustain my family. That's disaster. And that will happen if somebody doesn't give me money. But my way of getting money is to work. So I work at something that will produce that. Now, you need to have some independence. And independence is the opposite of dependence. I am dependent on my employer funding me by giving me, I'm trading my time and my effort for them to give me money. That's, I depend on that. But they are also depending on me to show up and do what I'm supposed to do. Same thing in a marriage, same thing in a friendship, same thing with a child, same thing with a parent. It's an exchange. I'm going to do something and provide something and you're going to provide something and we all get along together and we're happy and we're successful at, at sustaining ourselves. Now, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to get into a debate about 
fairness uh, and equity and all that other stuff that's so popular to talk about right now. It's not about equity or equality. It's about interdependency that's healthy. So if, if you are out there and you are an addict and you are not providing everything for yourself, you have become dependent. You are now a dependent person. Now, we have a mental health disorder called dependent personality disorder. And if it rises to that level, that's a whole different thing. That's a personality disorder, right? So that's a different thing that's treated differently. That's not what I'm talking about either. I'm not talking about personality disorder, dependent personality disorder. I am talking about the, the professional dependent, the person who manipulates people around for the means to an end, like like I said, housing, money, whatever. This is how your addiction can survive. So when you have a point in your addiction where you are ready to get clean and sober, it is laying down the stuff that you want to get rid of, right? So if you if you if those of you who do the step work, that would be step four, right? So you find your your stuff that you're you're not liking about yourself and that is bad. Step five, admitting it, whatever. All right, step six, prepared myself to have those things lifted from me. Step seven, continue to work to have those things lifted from me. It's interesting. Two steps to do the same thing. You think it wouldn't take two, but it does. Um, So if you're doing the step work, what we're talking about is identifying those things in step five. But, you know, when you identify those things, you got to now do something with that. So if you are a person who is a professional dependent. That's one of those things in step four. You identify all those words that are the, the, the negative words about yourself. Liar, manipulator, deceiver, cheater, thief, you know, those kinds of things. That's because you're a professional dependent. My independence in recovery is my freedom from substances right? They are the thing that you have become dependent on to make you feel different about your traumas. So now you become dependent on drugs or alcohol or gambling or sex or food or any other thing that you, you, you grab onto in your addiction. And you're using those things because you're trying not to feel something. So you're dependent on them to help relieve you of that bad feeling. That's destructive. That's why you get into recovery. So that's an example of dependency that's very negative. Dependency then cripples you in life, and usually it happens pretty early. Failure to launch or failure after launch or failure because of picking up addiction or addiction steamrollers over you. If it's alcohol, it's usually most of my alcoholics come to me. They're in their 40s and 50s, sometimes 60s because it took 20 years to get to that point and that destructive level, but it steamrollers right over you. Okay. So you, you, are now at the point where you, you've started to lose things, money, housing, friends, family, children, wife's, uh, job, things like that that are important. So now you use more and more reliance on other people. Feigned helplessness. Oh, I can't, I can't go to work because I'm, you know, I said, no, you can't go to work because you're, you're a drug addict or alcoholic. You can't go to work because you're paralyzed by depression and fear. You can't go to work because you have addiction. It's not anything other than that. So we got to treat the reasons for the addiction. 
So we're going to treat the trauma so you don't have to self-medicate. That takes time. So now we're going to teach you to rely on other people. Sponsors, recovery community, rehab, counselors, psychiatrists, sober living managers, sober living housing, maybe step down employment that allows you to a sober job is what we call it. So you're depending on other people. But you're de- it's interesting. The <laughs> successfully getting through recovery requires you to depend on people who have gone through recovery for the most part. The counselors, cl- clinicians, maybe not so much, but everybody else, right? So you're depending on the right people. And what's interesting is very, very rarely do I have a situation where the person who is the professional dependent, destructive addict, has to start relying and depending on people who are in recovery where they get manipulated, like the, the, the enabler is not there because they're intolerant of the nonsense. The person who's in recovery, they know what to look for in that professional dependent. They spot it and then they try to they point it out and they don't put up with it. And it ends pretty quickly. So, for example, you, go, you, you decide you're going to go from um, rehab and you're going to go into sober living. Well, you have to be, they, the people who are in the sober living, the residents, you have to interview to get into sober living. And if they don't think that you're appropriate for their house or they don't trust you or they, you know, they, or maybe they know you and they know you failed at 10 other sober living houses, they're going to vote no, you can't live here. Well, now you were depending on living there, right? But they spotted you for what you were and they don't trust that. Okay, so you get into sober living. Let's say you do get into sober living. You get there. Now you're going to be depending on their enforcing the rules and structure. And maybe you want to fight against that. I don't want people telling me what to do. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what recovery is. So you depend on them presenting the structure around you. And you have a counselor. The counselor says, if you don't come and give me 24 hours notice, I charge you. If you don't show up on time and you don't show up when you're supposed to come, I'm not going to be able to help you, so I'm going to discharge you. These are all boundaries. Same thing with the psychiatrist. You're non-compliant with medication. I can't help you. You're going to have to go find another psychiatrist. But you don't want to lose those people, right? They're important to you, so you like your counselor. It's like, okay, well, then I start complying. Well, as a counselor, as a therapist, I'm depending on you showing up and doing the work, and you're depending on me to help guide you through that recovery process and to actually treat you, right? Not just sit there and listen to you go on and on about your problems and give you nothing in return. You must be given direction and guidance. You depend on that. Healthy dependency. Dysfunctional dependency is different, and it looks very different, and you know it. You professional dependent, you know it, and you seek it out because that's what you think is the answer. The answer rather than healing is about dependency. So what do we do about being a professional dependent? You got to identify the dependency. One of the harder, the easy one is um, my mom, my dad gave me the credit card and told me to use it when I need to. And then you're just out spending money on everything and you're calling them up, you're ringing them up and saying, Hey, I need money for rent. I can't pay the rent. Why? Because I didn't, you know, they, they let me go at work because they said there was whatever. You're lying to them because you just, you didn't even have a job or whatever. 
So you, they, you need money. And then the money becomes more and more and more. And pretty soon you're just, they're giving you like five, $600 a week or more um, because you can't sustain yourself. So the professional dependent has to break the cycle of that professional dependency. You don't want to be a dependent on the wrong things. To get into recovery, you have to turn stuff over. You have to let it go. Power, control, manipulation, lying, deceiving, stealing. That's another good one. So you lay this stuff down, that means I'm going to have it lifted from me, right? So if you're going through step six and seven, you understand what I mean. So by the time you come out of six and seven and you go into eight, where you're like making that list of people that you've harmed over time, it's because you have turned it over and you can't get to step eight if you're still in step five where you're admitting your problems. And it, I don't care what you're using for recovery, if you're using the 12 steps or not or whatever you're using, it's all the same thing. That professional dependent has to stop being a professional dependent in a negative way. You don't want to be a professional dependent. You want to be just dependent on those who can help you get to independency. And people who are professional dependents, there is no end. Being the professional dependent, that is the end. Being dependent on others to help you get to a better place is not professional dependency. It's a, it's a temporary job that has a lot of good attached to it. And it's very short term relative to your life. At the most, it might be two years, at the very most, but it's more likely to be more like a year to a year and a half. So professional dependency, as, as we've learned today, is very bad. Dependency on, on others for help to get you to a better place is very good. So don't be a professional dependent. Be dependent on help that's temporary. The best kind of path to follow is to get into a place where you can be honest. And that's one of the things that is really interesting to me as a clinician when I'm sitting and I'm listening to somebody talk to me and I see them start to wake up and get it. And it's like, oh, huh. And I, and I get the thoughtful looks, uh, the, the quiet moments when we're talking about something like dependency. And the realization that, wow, I really have been bad, right? That's, I wasn't aware that that's what was going on. Oh, I really am a professional dependent. But the change is when you put down the dependency. Learning to say no. Going from living in your parents' house at 29 years old or 35 years old or 45 years old even. Move out of your parents' house. Move out, move out of your friend's house. Move out of that basement you're living in that you're not paying for, that has no positive outcome attached to it. How about moving towards independent living? So go seriously, go live in a sober living. And, and those of you in other countries, sober living is a place where you go where you live with other people who are in recovery, in a safe environment. It's structured. It has curfew where you have to be home. You have to be in the house by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. You actually have to be out of the house Monday through Friday working, unless your work schedule is one where you're like working on the weekends. But you can't be in the house 
all day long. That's not working towards sobriety. So sober living is an environment where they will randomly test you. Some of them have required meetings. There's usually a house manager um, in good ones. There are rules, there's structure, there's curfew, there's non-allowance, there's no, and there's no tolerance for usage of drugs. And if they catch you using drugs or alcohol, they will. Some, sometimes they'll just remove you immediately. Other times they'll try to, to mediate the situation and get you in, back into being in recovery. Now that's what a sober living house is. So my recommendation is the move away from professional dependency is to move towards positive dependency. And positive dependency is where you are actually working towards ending dependence, period, by working towards those things that will give you independence. And independence usually is attached to full functioning, uh, employment, and, and housing that you're paying for, and you're sustaining yourself by being able to buy food and eat food and have a, have a life. And that is what the, um, the dependency the positive dependency is all about. So moving away from professional dependency to a um, positive dependency is to move away from handouts to switching that to a hand up. That's the best the best uh, analogy or metaphor I heard was, don't give me a handout, give me a hand up. I, I just want out of this mess I'm in so that I can go back to living a healthy, positive life. So stop being a professional dependent. I'm calling you out. Don't be a professional dependent. Be a positive dependent and save your life. Hey, well, that's this episode of Doc Shock, your addiction lifeguard. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I know I've enjoyed doing it for you. If you have questions about recovery or need help in getting into recovery, please reach out to me. You can reach me, Doc Shock, through my website, wellspringmindbody.com I'll be more than happy to set up an appointment or get you moving in the direction of recovery there's no reason for you to be suffering from addiction and saving your addiction by ending your life that's just crazy man don't do that get into sobriety it's awesome live a long successful happy life and be peaceful so if you enjoyed this podcast tune into another one of them or look back through my catalog And until next time, see ya.